Yeah. Praise God. We're so glad you're here. Welcome to Woodlands Church. Would you just greet a few people around you? Um, wave at them, do something. Slap them on the back. You can be seated. We're so glad that you're here at Woodlands Church. If you're a guest with us, we're especially glad that you're here. Uh, what a great weekend. Uh, we are kicking off our big adventure of the fall that we're calling our Heaven on Earth Adventure. And we believe God's gonna bring some heaven to your place on earth over the next few weeks and how we need some heaven in our lives, in our communities, in our homes, in our world today. Uh, you're in for a real treat because Chris, my beautiful wife, is going to be teaching with me today as we kick off the series. Um, and we're gonna be really challenging our whole church to bring heaven to earth in our community. It's gonna be amazing. Also, this weekend is very important as we remember the 20th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks. And one of the things we said 20 years ago is never forget. Now, of course, the family members uh, who lost loved ones on that day of the thousands who were lost have never forgotten because they remember each and every day the hole in their hearts. Their loved one is not with them, and, and so they never forget. And I can never forget 20 years ago when, after eight years of meeting and rented facilities at Woodlands Church, we finally went into this building because of the sacrifice of so many and God's miracle-working power. And after meeting for eight years in rented facilities, I think we met in like 28 different facilities for our Sunday services, our Wednesday night, our ladies' Bible studies and men's Bibles, all the things that we did we were just moving around all over the place, but we were in the Woodlands High School um, at the end of eight years when this building was finally opened at the end of August 2001. And the amazing thing is, just a couple of weekends later, or really just a couple of weeks later, on Tuesday, September the 11th, uh, the terrorist attacks happened, and our whole nation was grieving. We're also looking for answers and people started looking to God, and on that next Sunday, 2,000 new people came into the doors of Woodlands Church looking for spiritual answers during that time. And if we had still been meeting in the gym over at the Woodlands High School, we would have had to turn all of them away. We didn't have any room. But because we built this building, we had room, and those 2,000 people stayed. And I think about God's timing even in tragedies. God's timing is always perfect. It's amazing that even in the middle of the worst moments, because after eight years of rented facilities, if it had been another month in a rented facility, we would have had to turn 2,000 people away. But God knew. I don't understand it completely, but I know that God's timing is always perfect, even during tragedies. But I have to say, one of the things that we've forgotten, I believe, as a nation, is who the true heroes are, because before 9-11, we thought the heroes were our sports stars and movie stars and celebrities, and we gave them all the accolades, but after 9-11, we were made very clearly aware that the true heroes are those who run into burning buildings to try to save people when everyone else is coming out. The true heroes are those who are just ordinary people day in and day out risk their lives like the firefighters and 
the law enforcement officers and the emergency medical technicians and all those first responders that they're just ready to risk their life each and every day for us. And we remember that after 9-11. I think we quickly forget that. And so I just want to say if you are a firefighter, law enforcement officer, emergency medical technician, a first responder in any way. And I also want to add nurses and medical professionals and doctors because of this pandemic. Would you stand? Because you're the true heroes. It's not the celebrities. It's you. And we praise God for you. And you don't do it for recognition. But we thank God for you. And would you remain standing? I want to ask everyone who served or is serving in our armed forces because so many gave their lives, you know, right after 9-11 and over the last 20 years to protect our nation. Would you stand? We always want to honor you. God bless you. I want us to pray. And Lord, help us never forget who the true heroes are. Lord, I pray that you would just remind us all the time to be grateful and to thank people, Lord, that help us each and every day and to thank people for their service, Lord Jesus. And, but I pray for all those, Lord, who've lost someone because of 9-11 that you would just bring comfort to them today. And we thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing in our lives and in our church. We don't take it for granted, Lord, and we just commit this heaven on earth adventure to you, Lord, because we live in a world that needs some heaven right now. We need some heaven in a big way, and I know that you wanna bring it right down here to where we live, and we thank you for that, Lord Jesus. We pray for healing in heaven over the next few weeks. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Good morning, everybody. Yeah, this weekend we are starting a big adventure, and it has the power to change your life, our church, our city, our communities, I mean, even the world. This is big because heaven is big. And so get ready. We're kicking off the great adventure of learning about heaven, and it's all based in Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. Would you stand in honor of God's word, Woodlands Church, and just... Why don't you read it out loud with me today? Just get into it and read it out loud. It's just one verse. Let's do it. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, that's our prayer today. That over the next several weeks in our heaven on earth adventure that you would just bring some heaven to our place here on earth. You'd bring heaven into our homes. You'd bring some heaven into our workplaces. You'd bring some heaven into our communities. You'd bring some heaven, Lord Jesus, to Houston. And you'd bring some heaven, Lord, to our nation, some heaven to this world as only you can. Bring healing and strength as only you can. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can be seated. Now Jesus is saying here, wherever I'm allowed to be king and to rule and reign, I'm gonna bring some heaven to that place. So if you allow Jesus to be king in your heart, he's gonna bring the peace of heaven to your heart no matter what's going on around you. If you allow Jesus to be the king of your marriage, he's gonna bring the love of heaven into your marriage, a supernatural love that can't be explained. 
He wants to be king in our lives, in our homes, in our workplaces, in our communities. Wherever he's allowed to be king, he brings some heaven there. And we're to pray. This is the Lord's Prayer. Jesus taught us to pray for some heaven to come to earth. And that earth is a physical place. It's our place on earth. Now, we live in a world that doesn't see a whole lot of heaven. We see a lot of hell and not much heaven in our world today. This world is filled with brokenness and sin. It's filled with pain and poverty and sickness and sorrow. We live in a very broken world, but we're to pray for God to bring some heaven to our place on earth. And so for the next several weeks, we're praying for heaven and earth to collide in such a way that we will experience so much more of God's unexplainable peace, so much more of God's unexplainable power, so much more of God's purpose in our lives. That's what we're praying over the next several weeks. But to really pray for heaven to come to earth in our little place, for heaven to come to earth in our neighborhoods, for heaven to come to earth in our church, we need to understand more of what we're praying for. We need to understand more of what heaven is like. So we're gonna kick off the series by talking about what heaven is like. In 2 Corinthians 5.2, it says, compared to what's coming, living conditions around here seem like a stopover in an unfurnished shack, and we're tired of it. We've been given a glimpse of the real thing, our true home, our resurrection bodies. The Spirit of God whets our appetite by giving us a taste of what's ahead. He puts a little of heaven in our hearts so that we'll never settle for less. Now, we can never grasp in our human minds what heaven is like, but we can get a glimpse of it. We can get a little glimpse, and if you get a little glimpse of what heaven is like, it will change everything about what you do on this earth. When is the last time that you thought about heaven? I mean, be honest. When is the last time? Think about it. When is the last time you thought about heaven? For most of us, it's probably the last time we had someone who was close to us die. And then we think about it for a few minutes, and then we move on with life. Most people just don't spend much time thinking about heaven. Even Christians who believe that heaven is their eternal destiny rarely give it any thought in this life. Why do you think that is? Well, we kind of hate to admit it, but I think it's not so much doubt as dullness that gets us. It's not so much disbelief, but disinterest. Because the truth is that most people think that heaven is going to be really, really boring. <laughs> boring. Yep. It's like we think it's going to be enduring a mashup of a classical opera and maybe staring at clouds mixed in with a sermon that just never ends going on forever and ever and ever. Just mind-blowing, eternal boredom. And the only consolation we think will be, well, I guess I'm not in the other place, so i got to be glad about that. Well, if that's what we think about heaven, of course we'd rather think about a ball game or sex or getting ahead in our job or what's for supper. And even if we do occasionally think about heaven, a lot of times when we're around people who aren't Christ followers, maybe at work or at school or in our neighborhood, then we're shy to speak about it because we think we might be teased or thought of as naive, that 
They might think we're trying to escape reality by daydreaming about something better, some pie in the sky. They may think we need a crutch to get us through. But here's the deal. Either heaven is real, as real as real can be, or it isn't. And if it's not, Christianity is false because heaven is woven through the fabric of it. You cannot get through the Bible and not run into heaven over and over and over and over. It's just not an option to think, well, there'll be a little bit of heaven. Either it's real or it's not. And if heaven is real, then this truth should be faced like any other truth. It should make a difference to us on Monday morning. So what is heaven really like? Well, Scripture gives us a solid outline without filling in all the details. And that makes sense, really. When you think about it, all we have to use are earthly terms. How could earthly terms possibly describe something that's unearthly, that's supernatural? So we are going to talk about three things today that we can learn about heaven that are really solid in the Scripture. Because if this is going to be our eternal homes, we ought to get serious about thinking about it, focusing on heaven, it should make a difference in our lives every day. If I find out I'm going to go to India, well, I start looking up India and learning about it and where I'm going. But the truth is that most of us have spent more time researching the destination for our last vacation than we have thinking about and really studying about heaven. So that's what we're going to be doing. So the first thing that we're going to look at Today, the first point is that heaven is a place of so much more. So much more. The night before Jesus' crucifixion, he gathered his closest friends for his last meal to assure them. And this is what he said. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There's more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. Wow, there's so much about heaven there if we just stop and look at it. So many things that Jesus told us, Jesus who knows heaven. The first is heaven's a real place. He says, would I have told you it was real if it wasn't? So he's saying, trust me, it's real. It's also expansive. Heaven is way bigger than our little tiny human minds can possibly comprehend because this passage says, Jesus says, there's more than enough room in my father's home. And that's about as well as we can describe it in humanly terms. It's so much more. Not only that, but it's prepared for you. Have you ever had a house guest, someone come to visit you in your home and you make their favorite meal and you get their room ready if they're going to spend the night? You know just how they like things. You prepare for them. And Jesus says that this place in heaven is being prepared for us. When we get to heaven, it will feel like it was custom made for us. You know why? It was your place in heaven, my place in heaven is custom made. He's preparing for you individually. He's preparing for me. There's a place for us. And knowing that all this is true, knowing that heaven is in our future, should give us peace in the present. The very first thing Jesus said right here in this passage is, don't let your hearts be troubled. He's saying, don't worry. Don't be scared. Don't fear the future. Don't fear death, which is the number one fear among humans, even though the death rate is running right at 100%. Still, 
don't fear is what Jesus says. Don't fear. Don't be afraid. You don't have to be afraid of death. I'm there for you. Now, you might be thinking, okay, but I'm going to need some more details. We've all been trained to run everything through the scientific method, so we want some hard data, right? Well, spoiler alert, the Bible tells us in, um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. It's simply beyond our comprehension. We'll find out someday, and I can't wait. But right now, we have to go with the clues we're given when we want to think about heaven and discover and research heaven. And so there's an important clue about the reality of heaven that we can find through the signs in his creation. Now, Scripture is God's verbal sign to us, and nature is his pictorial sign. We're surrounded by all kinds of signs every day, so it's really important to remember the difference between human signs and God's signs. Now, human signs are entirely arbitrary. We make them up. We make up a symbol and agree that it's going to be a kind of shorthand to represent something else. Let me give you an example. Uh, take a look at this letter. What, is, what does this symbol mean? Anybody? Yeah, it's B. Why? It's just a squiggly line. How do we know? Does that means B. We also could go farther and say it means B. This is the sound that goes with it. Everybody in kindergarten is learning this right now. Well, written alphabets and numbers and squig are they're just squiggly lines. And as a human race, we assign meaning to those squiggly lines. There's nothing inherent in them. We just assign something. We say that something that looks like a squiggly line um, that looks like a two, we say this is two and this represents this many. Language works the same way. We all agree that certain sounds represent a certain thing. Now, there's 60, over 6,500 languages in the world that are used. Um, each people group has decided these sounds are going to mean this thing. This alphabet, this type of writing means this thing. It's arbitrary. Let's try another one. What does this symbol mean? What is this symbol? It's a heart. And we use it to mean what? Love, that's right. Everybody knows it. it. It's just a symbol. It could have meant anything. We could have picked something else. We could have picked a you know, purple triangle and all decided the same thing. But we've agreed this means love. Okay, let's try another one. What's this? It's this traffic light. Yeah, it's red. So that means stop. There's no writing on it, but we all know that. Why? Because we agreed on it. Just humans arbitrarily assigned it. It could have been that we decided that green means stop and red means go. It really doesn't matter. The point is, we just all agreed on it. Okay, one more human sign. What's this? What does this mean? It means America. This flag means that anywhere in the world, people see this sign and they know what it stands for. It's a symbol of the United States of America which I am incredibly grateful for. See, human signs are impossible to guess. They're arbitrary. They could have been anything. That's because we assign meaning to them. And there can mean different meaning in different cultures. One sign in one culture might mean something different than a sign in another culture. But his signs, God's signs, are totally different than ours. They're inherently different. We're also surrounded by God's signs every day. 
But his signs are different because his signs always contain a trace of what's really there. His signs aren't like ours. They're not arbitrary. And his signs are universal. They don't change between people groups. They're the same throughout time and throughout cultures. See, we can't make God's signs different. The thing signified is always present somehow in the sign itself. It's a living signal of what it signifies. So we understand them just as well, but they're different. So take a look at this. It's smoke, right? But here's the thing. Wherever you find smoke, there is a fire. Smoke means fire. Not in the same way that a squiggly line might mean a letter B or a letter S or a number two. It means something. It has inherent in it that there is fire behind it. Here's another example of one of God's signs. Yeah. What emotion is that baby feeling? Yeah, joy, happiness. Every human baby that smiles, it means the same thing. These are things that are hardwired into what God has created. That's the kind of sign that God gives. Things that are his creation, he doesn't just make them up as arbitrary. They mean something. How about this? It's sunlight. What does that mean? What do we know is somewhere? Yeah, the sun. You got it. A plus. It's the sun. When you see sunlight, the sun is there. We know it is. In the sunlight, there's a trace of the sun. Now, the sun is a lot bigger and hotter. Just the sunlight that we see out on the sidewalk, it can't compare to the actual massive ball of fire in the sky, but yet a trace of it is there, a faint trace of it. It's inherent in it. If you see sunlight, there is a sun. And now, last one, one more of God's signs. The leaves are changing colors, so that means, that's right, it's fall, it's autumn. Winter is coming. You can bet on it. Winter's coming. You see, when God puts a sign in our lives, in humans, in what he's created, it means something. And here's the point. If what earth signifies is heaven, it means that the best here on earth is only a faint but true trace of what we'll find full-blown in heaven. Just as wispy smoke is to a raging fire, just as sunlight is to a massive fireball that we call the sun, so we'll find earth is to heaven. Heaven is more real, so much more. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12 says, now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully, just as I also have been fully known. This, the room you're in, this is the foggy, wispy place, not heaven. The very best that this life has to offer, those moments of intense joy or intense love or intense beauty, they are just the faintest hint of what God has in store for us in heaven. Heaven is more real more dimensional, more detailed, not less than earth. And all we love about this earth is only a shadow of what's to come. And that's why the most joyful moments of our lives always hold just a little bit of heartache. 
We cry tears of joy. Have you ever wondered why we do that? Why is it? If we're happy, we're just happy. We smile, we laugh. But when we have deep joy, the tears come. We're just, we can't stop it. It's the overflow of emotion. I think it's because as we touch just the slightest edge, the slightest hem of heaven, that our hearts burst with joy and at the same time they ache because even in the moment as it happens, it's already receding. It's like we see something that we, this is it, and it's already leaving us. C.S. Lewis captured this really well in Mere Christianity. It's my favorite book. He said, if we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. You were made for another world. I was made for another world. We were made for so much more. We were made for nothing less than heaven. Heaven is that place of so much more, so much more fulfillment, so much more joy, so much more adventure than we could even imagine. But I want you to see, secondly, that heaven is a place of no more. In Revelation 21.4, it says, he will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more, for the first things have passed away. That's one of my favorite verses in Scripture. It's the no more verse, where in heaven God declares no more. No more pain, no more suffering, no more tears, no more sickness, no more sorrow, no more death, no more brokenness. You see, heaven is the great restoration that we're all longing for. And as Chris said, we were all made for. And somewhere deep down, we know that. Heaven is the great restoration where everything broken will be restored. Just think about it. Everything in your life that has been broken or will be broken will be completely restored, made whole. Your broken dreams, your broken emotions, your broken heart, broken relationships, all that is broken, all the things broken in your body, everything restored, everything made whole. Heaven is all about restoration. It's the place of no more. And if we're gonna bring some heaven to earth, we not only need to pray for heaven to come to earth, but we need to be restoration agents in Jesus' name to bring some heaven to earth. We need to be restorers, bridge builders, to bring some heaven to earth, to be people who'll stand up and say no more. We need to be the people of no more, to stand up and say no more selfishness, no more living in my self-centered, self-absorbed little bubble. It's time for me to say no more. It's time for us to say no more loneliness, no more disconnection as our whole church gets connected to heaven on earth life groups. You see, Woodland's Church has said, no more lonely people. No more disconnected people. No more people that are so busy they don't have time for what they were made for. No more. And we say, no more racial division. No more racism. You know, they say that the most segregated hour of the week in America is on Sunday morning at church. But Woodland Church has said, no more. The ground is level at the foot of the cross and we're all the same in Jesus' name. And that's what heaven will look like. No more. 
we say at Woodland Church, no more child left out on the streets to be abused and taken advantage of with no one caring. But we need so many more to step up and get involved in our ministry to stop human trafficking. At Woodland Church, we say no more children being caught up in the system where no one cares if they live or die. But we need so many more to step up and say no more and be involved in our foster care ministry that we're gonna talk more about in a couple of weekends. We say no more homeless people on the streets of Houston with no one to give them the resources, the job training, the mental health care that they need to get out of homelessness. We say no more, but we need so many more people to join our homeless ministry at Woodlands Church and our counseling and mental health ministry at Woodlands Church. You know, we say no more, no more person in this world living on less than $2 a day, living in squalor. But we need so many more to step up and be involved in our Woodlands Church missions to Haiti, Honduras, India, Malawi, Kenya, and so many other countries. We are the people of no more. We say no more unborn children, those who are the least of these that have no voice, whose lives are cut short because no one cared about a single mom who saw and thought she had no other option. But we need so many more people to step up and stand up and be involved in our Woodland Church Crisis Pregnancy Ministry. We need so many more, but we're the people of no more because we're to bring some heaven to earth, and if we're to bring some heaven to earth, we have to show people there's so much more, and we have to stand up and say, no more. No more. Heaven is a place of no more, no more pain, no more sorrow, no more brokenness. We've gotta be agents of restoration in Jesus' name. And so in our heaven on earth adventure that kicks off today, I'm asking you to do three things. Chris and I are challenging you to do three things. First, pray for God to bring some heaven to earth in your neighborhood, in your life, in your family. Pray every day. I'm gonna be doing some video devotional starting tomorrow morning. And you ought to connect because we're gonna be praying for God to bring some heaven to earth in your life, your home, your neighborhood, in our communities. We're gonna pray for God to bring heaven to earth in our church. And so we do that every day for the next 30 days, and then secondly, host a heaven on earth life group for the next six weeks. We want everyone to be in a life group and be here on the weekends and then meet with a life group sometime during the week. And we're challenging all you guys to host a life group. Host a heaven on earth life group, and what you gotta do is right after this service, you go out to the foyer and we have all these locations and you pick up your free kit And in your free kit, it'll give you all the instructions on how to do a heaven on earth life group. You open up your home, you invite a few friends over that you like to hang out with or neighbors or relatives. And then all of the videos are there online. It'll show you in your kit how to get to those. And you show the video for 10 minutes and then you fellowship, you talk about it. You go through the questions, you eat have some snacks out. I mean, it's as simple as that. And in your kit, there's gonna be a little uh, card, and that card is for a free book, Lee Strobel's new book, The Case for Heaven. And Lee, that book gets released this week, and Lee is gonna be kicking off his book tour next weekend here at Woodlands Church as he's gonna be preaching the message, The Case for Heaven. And he's gonna look at some of the 
evidences, scientific evidences, quantum physics, some of those kind of things. He's gonna be looking at the evidences for heaven. The Case for Heaven is a powerful new book, and you're the first to get it, and it'll be free to everyone who hosts a Heaven on Earth life group. And so you go through that book, we give you a devotional. It's just gonna, we're gonna be saturated with heaven over the next few weeks, but we need everyone to host a group. And if you're not hosting a group, then you can go to the website, wc.org, or to the app, and go to that green banner, the green life groups banner, and just click on life groups. We have a life groups finder, so you can find a life group in your area, and they'll contact you. And if you're not in a life group and you, you want to get in one and you don't want to do that, then come up here to the church Tuesday night at 7 p.m. at our campuses. We're having a men's and a women's group. Just anyone who comes up, and we're going to be doing that on Tuesday nights for the next six weeks at 7 p.m., and then a men's group as well on Wednesday at 6 a.m. And so we want everyone during this time to be in a heaven-on-earth life group. It is crucial. And then the third thing be a part of our Heaven on Earth Serve Weekend, October 18th and 19th. We will wrap this whole thing up on October 18th and 19th, but really the whole church will just be getting started as we're going to saturate our area with acts of kindness and service, as we're gonna be making a difference in our community in so many ways, restoring homes, restoring hearts, restoring broken places all over the city of Houston. It's gonna be amazing. We want everyone to participate, and we're gonna cut church a little bit early that day so that everyone after every service can go out at our campuses into the foyer, and we're gonna pack food for Haiti. We're gonna pack 80,000 meals, and we're gonna put them that day into these huge containers, shipping containers, to be shipped over there right away, and because of our people, Woodland Church on the ground there, we're gonna be able to feed so many people and they're having a food shortage. It's really massive after the last earthquake and all the storms and, and so we're gonna do something about it because a big church makes a big difference when our eyes are off ourselves and onto others and that weekend is gonna be a massive serve weekend and all through the six weeks, all of our life groups are gonna be getting assignments to serve in a Woodland Church ministry to make an impact. This is what it's all about, bringing heaven to earth. Look at Revelation 21.5. It says, and the one who was seated on the throne said, see, I am making all things new. See, heaven is a place where Jesus restores everything. He fixes everything that was once broken. He makes all things new. Everything in your life that you've lost or will lose, and life can just be a long goodbye at times. Did you realize that eventually you're going to lose everyone that you love, everything that is dear to you? And that's kind of the way it is on this earth. Think about all the things you've lost or will lose. You will all be restored in heaven. Really, for a Christ follower, nothing is lost because of heaven. All that you've lost, restored. And Jesus says, I know you're hurting. I, I know it's hard for you to see it right now, but I'm gonna restore everything that you've lost. It's gonna be okay because of heaven. The great restoration is coming. We lost our grandson, Jude Samuel, after one day on this earth. In this last year and a half, I have lost my mom and my dad. Um, Chris, when she was a freshman in college, lost her mom to cancer. But you know what? They're not really lost. We know exactly where each of them are. They're in the perfect place of heaven. 
the place of perfect fulfillment. We know right where they are because of heaven, nothing is really lost. You see, real lostness is not knowing and trusting the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus Christ, because he is the way to heaven. And that's the third thing that you need to see. Heaven is a place of one way. It's a place of so much more, it's a place of no more, but it's also a place of one way. Jesus said in John 14, six, when the disciples asked him, well, we don't know the way to heaven. How, how do we get there? He said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus said, I'm making a way to heaven for you. Perfect heaven. You're not perfect. You've sinned, but I'm gonna take your sins on the cross and I'm gonna defeat death and rise again so you can have eternal life in heaven with me. I'm gonna purchase you a place in heaven and it's a free gift and I'm gonna go get it ready for you and I'm gonna prepare it custom made just for you. It's gonna blow you away. You can't even fathom it and it's free. All you gotta do is accept this ticket to heaven in my name. In Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, it says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by work so that no one can boast. Heaven is only for those who know they're broken and need restoration. It's only for those who admit that they need him. For you see, there'll be no bragging in heaven because no one will be able to say, well, I got there because of all my good works. I got there because I was better than most people. I got there because my good outweighed my bad. No, everyone will be there saying, I didn't deserve it, I'm not perfect, I'm here in perfect heaven because of Jesus. I accepted his ticket, his free ticket to heaven, and he gave me this place, this custom-made place for me. You see, the decisions you make on this earth are magnified in eternity, and if you decide you want Jesus in your life and you accept him, then you will be in his presence for all eternity. But if you decide you don't need Jesus, you can do it on your own, then you'll be separated him separated from him in all eternity. You see, one second after your heart stops beating, you will live on, either in heaven or hell, either with God or apart from him forever, and he wants everyone to be with him, and that's why he made a place in heaven for you, and that's why he made a way to heaven for you, you see, the Bible says that hell's a place reserved for the devil and his demons. It's never intended for humans, but yet God had to give us the free choice to whether we wanted him in our lives or not. And if we choose to reject him, if we, make a, if we don't make a decision, that's a no. But if we choose to receive his free gift, then he gives us everything. But if we choose to reject him, then we spend eternity apart from him. And God wants you to be with him forever. But we have that choice. I want you to imagine with me that God appeared to you. And he said, if you want, I will make a deal with you. I'll give you anything and everything you ask me for. Pleasure, power, honor, wealth, everything you want. I'll even throw in freedom. No boss anymore. For you, nothing will be sin, nothing forbidden. You'll never be bored, you'll never die, nothing's impossible, only you'll never see my face. Did you notice that unspeakable chill in your deepest heart at those last words? I mean, 
The first part of God's deal makes our minds leap in excitement. Wow, I could have anything, anything, like any wealth, any power, any fame, anything. Yeah, you want to be on the cover of Time Magazine, the Nobel Prize, have a million, hundred million followers, it's yours. But when we hear that last line, only you'll never see my face, we realize our hearts freeze in shock at it because our deepest heart knows the truth. And the truth is that you want God more than anything else in the world. I want God more than anything else in the world. And you're not alone. That little thought experiment we just did together, you might think, yeah, our society today would fall for all those things. No, that little thought experiment was devised over 1,600 years ago by St. Augustine. You may have heard of him. You see, it turns out that our modern culture's 24-hour-a-day busyness and obsession with entertainment and diversions, it's nothing new. This is just called being human. Sure, it might look different in different ages, different cultures, but the reality is all of us are searching for the same thing. We all want to be satisfied. It reminds me of that U2 song, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Yeah, none of us have found what we're looking for until we find our hearts in God. That's what St. Augustine said. I, he said that our hearts are restless until they find their rest in him. We're like children is the thing. You know, we're like children opening a thousand Christmas presents. And after every one of them, we say, is that all there is? Think of all the times you've thought, well, if only I could have this, if only I could get what I wanted, if only I could have that new job, if only I could have that hot date, if only I could get that diploma, if only I could get that new outfit. And we go through our whole lives thinking, if only this, if only this, then I would be satisfied. But the feeling of satisfaction comes like fireworks. Yeah, we're really happy for about 10 seconds. And then, just like fireworks, it's an explosion that fades really fast. And we're back to asking, is that all there is? And we start searching for something else to satisfy us. If only, if only, if only, then I'll be satisfied. Why is that? Well, that child in us that's opening Christmas presents and can't be satisfied, that child isn't greedy. We've just been promised something that we have not received yet. We're searching because what we really want, what we really need, our true heart's desire, we don't have it yet. All of our longings point to heaven. Spend some time with yourself and God this week, and you will find all your longings point to heaven. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 11 says he has planted eternity in the human heart. Eternity. You see, our hearts are hardwired by God to long for heaven. And I found that slowing down to really think about this explains a lot. It helps me understand myself. I think if you do the same, it'll help you understand yourself. We'll understand why we have an itch that never gets scratched. As Americans, we grow up believing that the Declaration of Independence has promised us our inalienable right in the pursuit of happiness. And by George, we're going to do it. We are going to pursue happiness our whole lives. And that's our right. It's any human's right. God would agree with that. He gives us free will. We can pursue happiness. But what if we were never really meant to be happy here? 
What if we're not supposed to be? What if there really isn't anything in this world that will fill those deepest longings in our hearts? I found that when I'm the very most disappointed in this life, when my heart is breaking, when I am ugly crying, you know, just like you slobber and mascara runs all down your face and you can hardly take a breath, those moments that are the hardest are the very time that I long for heaven the most. And as I've gotten older, I've come to see that experiencing deep dissatisfaction is actually a great gift because it causes me to seek Jesus more. You see, our need is our hope. Our need is our hope. When things are going well, let's face it, we don't give God a lot of thought. We sure don't think about heaven. It's when we realize this is a broken place and we are broken people. Jesus, we need you. We long for him. You see, the real disaster would be to feel so at home here on earth that we don't bother seeking heaven. Fortunately, we all seem to have plenty of troubles in this life And we can use those to keep us heaven-focused. We act like we're okay on the outside, but on the inside, we're all hurting. We're all struggling and thinking we're the only one. Pain is so isolating, isn't it? There's a saying that goes that if we all wrote down on a piece of paper all of our troubles, and then we all threw them in the middle of the room, and then everybody could go over and pick one out, pick the set of troubles that you want, well, most of us would snatch back our own paper as fast as we could. Think about that. The people sitting next to you right now, the people who live under your roof at home, the people you go to work with or go to school with, they're all hurting. But it won't always be this way. John the Apostle said this of his experience in heaven. And what I'd like for you to do is just close your eyes and imagine heaven. Just listen to what he said as he describes heaven. There before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, Jesus. Keep your eyes closed, and let's talk to Jesus. Prayer, Prayer, that's all it is. It's just talking to Jesus. We get the privilege of talking to our Creator, And so, Father, we come before you as a people who are broken. Lord, we all are broken, and we all feel like we're the only one. Thank you for your presence in our lives. Thank you that you promised that you are preparing a place for us. Thank you that we know it won't always be this way. Thank you that you have promised that one day all things will be made right. That's the... Only thing that enables us, Lord, to let go of the hurts in our lives, of the hard stuff, and spend our lives serving you, bringing your kingdom to earth, doing what you ask. Father, please keep heaven in the forefront of our minds. Keep it in the front windshield, not in the rearview mirror. Let us keep our eyes on you, Lord. Lord, We aren't sticking our head in the sand. We, eyes wide open, we see what's around us. We see the hurt. We see the pain. We feel it. It's bone deep. But Lord, you are in control and we trust you. We believe your word that one day, one day, all will be made right and we will be with you in your presence forever. 
Lord, we hold on to that promise and we look forward to that day. In your heavenly, holy name we pray, amen. And if you would say, Carrie, I don't know for sure that I've ever received the gift of heaven through Jesus Christ, but I want to. I know I need him desperately. Well, stop trying to save yourself and just let him save you right now. You can get it settled right now. If you say, Carrie, I don't know for sure I've ever done that. We'll just get it settled right now. The Bible says these things are written that you may know you have eternal life. And you can know, not because of what you've done, but because of what he's done. Just pray this prayer silently to God. Jesus Christ, I need you. I admit it. I'm broken like everyone else. I need your forgiveness of all my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for rising from the dead and defeating death so I can have heaven one day. I accept your free gift of heaven. I could never earn it or deserve it. Lord, I stopped trying to save myself and I let you save me. Come into my life through your Holy Spirit. Be my Lord. Help me grow in my faith. And Lord Jesus, we pray for every person within the sound of my voice that you would just bring some heaven to earth on them right now, that you would bring some hope from heaven, peace from heaven, joy from heaven, Lord, purpose from heaven, healing from heaven into their lives, into their relationships, into their homes, into their workplaces, into our church, into our communities, Lord Jesus. Bring heaven to earth, how we need you desperately. And we thank you, Lord, what you're gonna do over the next several weeks is gonna be nothing short of life-changing and miracle-working, and we just thank you in advance. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can be seated. And now we're at the part of our service where we give back to God, and our ushers are gonna come right now, and we're gonna give because we love God. That's the number one reason to give, because you love God. He commands us to, out of love. And so, as you give, thank him for all that he's given you. Our ushers are gonna take the offering right now, and you can also take out your smartphone and just text the word GIVEWC to 77977. Make sure it's one word, GIVEWC to 77977, and it'll go to our Push Pay app, and you can give right there on your phone. Or you can give at home. Just go to our website, wc.org give, and you can set up giving there. You can give stocks, you can give assets, you can mail in your gift. It doesn't matter how you give, but just give. And make it a habit. A lot of people don't realize that giving is a habit. It's a spiritual habit that will change your life because you'll put God first in whatever area you put God first in. He blesses. So let's put him first and pray that God will use it in over 100 ministries and missions for his glory and his kingdom to be built as he meets the needs of hurting and hopeless people in our area and around the world. Well, Woodland Church, we're getting ready to kick off this big adventure. We want everyone to be a part of it. I hope everyone will go out at the end of the service and I hope that you will grab one of the kits so you can host a life group. You say, I don't know if I can host a life group or not. Just do you have two or three friends? then you can do it. Just open up your home one night a week for an hour and a half, have some snacks, and you just play the video, and then you talk about it, and you fellowship, have fun together, and God's gonna use you because we're also gonna give you some assignments to do to be involved in some of the ministries on that Saturday, October 18th and 19th. We want everyone to be in a life group, and by the way, you'll get that coupon to get your free book next weekend because the book gets released next weekend, and Lee will be here to teach the case for heaven. 
is we're learning about heaven so we can bring some heaven to earth. I want us to stand with us, church, because we believe that it's so important to pray a prayer of blessing as we kick off this adventure that God will bless you and your family. And the scripture says that we're to pray this prayer of blessing. God bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you. May he turn his face towards you and give you his peace. And that's the blessing that the people of Israel, that, that Aaron the priest was to pray over the people of Israel. And God said, when you do that, they'll be blessed. I'll bless them and their children. And, and so now, as Christ followers, we can pray that blessing over our family, over the people in our lives, over our church. And so I pray that blessing and speak that blessing over you right now. Because the amazing thing is, when God changes a life at Woodlands Church, it doesn't just change one life, it changes generations. And then a family starts, kids start growing up to know Jesus. And their kids know Jesus. It's amazing, it's a ripple in a pond, how one decision can change generations to come. And God wants to do that in your life and your family. We claim his blessings this week and let's speak these blessings and sing them as I'm gonna commission you to go out to be agents of restoration, to look for people that you can be there for. You can be a shoulder for someone to cry on. You, you can be involved in our nursing home ministry. You can go listen to someone who feels forgotten. There's so many ministries that we have, but look this week for heaven to come to your place on earth because you're gonna see some hell this week too, some people hurting, but you're gonna be heaven's agent to reach out and bring healing. Open your eyes wide. Open your heart wider. Love is on the way. Let's sing. Hey church, thanks for listening to the Woodlands Church with Carrie Shook podcast. By listening, we hope that you're encouraged wherever you are. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get the latest messages each week. For more information on Woodlands Church, check out the description for a link to our website and how to connect with us. We hope you have a great week.